Welcome to Rafa. Glad to have you with us today. Glad that you searched our website and or else heard by this from another individual, got a witness for it and have checked in with us to see what we're about. And I think you've chosen a very worthy teaching today. It's going to be a very interesting to us in our Bible Answer Man segment. And we're glad to have you pull up this and listen to it. I think you'll discover that Rafa uh, believes in personal evangelism. We believe in corporate evangelism, but our main purpose is to, uh, to give revelation knowledge to the body of Christ. So I'm surely convinced that this particular teaching, uh, that we'll cover for just a few minutes will bless your life. And we're going to be discussing today the necessity of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me give that title to you again. The necessity of the of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This question comes to us in various forms uh, and has throughout our, our whole ministry, and it probably every minister of the gospel who's preaching any word at all will, will get this in some form at one point. But to get into this uh, thought for just a few minutes of the necessity of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, we look at the word crucified, and it's a term. It uh, In the Old Testament, uh, we don't find this term in the Old Testament because really, I hadn't really thought about it that much, uh, but it's not really applicable in the, in the Old Testament in a direct fashion. Indirectly, yes, but not in a direct form for what it was after their time. So crucified is a term, but not used in the Old Testament. And in, in the Old Testament, it would simply mean the... Uh, the uh, intent of it would be to uh, impale on a stake or a post. That would be the implied uh, f- faction in the uh, facet of it in the Old Testament rendering. And in the New, res- uh, New Testament resurrection, it would be crucified, uh, would be resurrection in the, in the New Testament. And it's only valid in the New Testament because that's where it starts to come into play. And there it means, resurrection there means to cause someone to stand upon their feet again. To stand upon their feet again. And let me just give you a thought to remember that in this day and time, only a small percentile of the eight, about eight billion souls on the planet Earth really grasp the magnitude of this truth about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just a very small faction do that. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul is writing there to the Corinthians in verse, in chapter 7, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 17, and he says, if Christ be not raised, then he goes on to explain that if he's not raised, your faith is vain. That means your faith is worthless. Yet you are in your sins, and you are yet in your sins. So if Christ is not raised, then your faith is worthless, and you're still in your sins. So this would apply to those people who have the wrong God. And frankly, let me tell you, anybody except the Judeo-Christian faith, they have the wrong God. So it would apply to those who don't accept the resurrection of Christ, who have the wrong God, those who have no God, which I believe is a a mental gymnastic lie until they're completely deceived. 
That means that they're going to die in their sins, plural, not one sin. They'll die in their sins, plural. They died because they didn't accept the one sin, which the major sin was accepting the Lord Jesus. But uh, the applicable collateral sins, I'll answer for every one of those two. And when they die in their sins, they will go immediately into hell. And later on, after their great white throne judgment, they will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. That That's a terrible thought. And I was thinking as I was looking at uh, this, this thought we're going to uh, share today is that one of the most terrible curses that an individual can t- uh, tell to another individual is to tell that individual to, quote, end quote, go to hell. That is a terrible, terrible curse. And most people use that term and have no concept about what it its rendering means. In John chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus is speaking, and he says, destroy this temple, that meant, meant his body, and in three days, I will raise it up. He means, I will, I will choose to do that. It will be my decision to raise it up, That, in other words, to resurrect it. That was exactly what he was saying. And again, Paul speaking to the, uh, to the Corinthians, uh, he's in first Corinthians chapter two, verse six, Paul is saying, I determine that make, that means a quality decision. I determine not to know anything among you, not to know anything among you. And then he goes on to elaborate, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's a, that's a qualified decision that Paul has made. He has studied it and he's decided that's going to be his testimony and living, uh, visibility among the Corinthians is not to know anything, not to appear to know anything. Obviously he was a learned man, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to let you see in me that I've determined not to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in verse five, he says, and the reason for it, he says that your faith, that your faith should not be uh, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I want your faith not to stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And this is one of the cries of, of our ministry here at Rafa is to transition, help you transition by the power of the Holy Spirit to know about God and to live a better quality life and to encourage you in him that your new life will be one of joy and peace. That you that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God is a fixation of your mind of Jesus Christ and on Jesus Christ, and it forces other things into a pale area of a comparison. Once your mind gets fixed on Christ, the things of this world, as the old uh, song used to say, will will grow strangely dim. The world won't look the same. You'll not hold the the same attitude. So, uh, and and lifestyle. So that's what I'm encouraging with with even teaching this to you and bringing up the subject that we received in our ministry is to transition your faith and let it be fixed on Christ. 
Uh, Peter addressed some of this about the resurrection. He's in First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen. He said, "Ye were not redeemed." Now that that redeemed there just simply means uh, in the in the New Testament uh, verbiage, uh, the Greek ter- verbiage, by a, a ransom that had been paid. There was a ransom paid for you as a born again believer. So you were not redeemed or ransomed back with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Jesus. And there Jesus uh, not actually says the blood of Christ, which is even, not even, but it's a wonderful, wonderful thought. Because a lot of times when we see Christ, we think kind of sometimes we think it's the last name of Jesus. But no, it, it just seems Christ. That means that Jesus was the anointed one to bring forth a message, to bring forth the answer, to bring forth the healing and deliverances. So your redemption wasn't based on a, a, a just corruptible things, things that could be tarnished, that were subject to the law of decay as we are in this land, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, because in him was life, and the life was in his blood. Uh, Paul, Roman, uh, writing to the Romans, he says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Like as Christ was raised from the dead, so we also, and it, it also means we, we're raised through his uh, resurrection, should walk in newness. Of life, and that walk in newness there says means that uh, in the uh, Greek rendering would mean uh, the life of a new quality. Behave consistently in uh, contrast to the former life that you had. That's what happens to you when when you you become born again. Your life changes. This uh, this thought. As Christ was raised from the dead, so are you, that we should walk in newness of life. That demands a life-changing pathway. And I would say this as a minister, that if you meet someone and they their verbiage hasn't changed since you knew them, if they purport to be born again, if their life hasn't changed, if their actions haven't changed, if their directions haven't changed, if their friends haven't changed, if they haven't changed in the workplace, in the home place, and in their personal commitment life, if, you, if that's not visible, they're not saved. I, I hate to be that direct, but no, I don't hate to be that correct. I'm, I, I, I have to be that direct because redemption Knowledge that you're born again saved brings a change in the life. And if you don't have fruit, then you're, you, you're not a tree that's alive. That's, that's hard, but that's true. To the, to the uh, Corinthians again, Paul in first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 says this. Now that means keeping this thought fresh in your mind right now. You can say now and it means now you can say now 10 seconds later and it means now. Now is Christ risen. It's a fact. He has risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. In the Old Testament, there was a feast called in Passover, the first fruits. And in here, Jesus Christ in his resurrection became the first fruits of them that slept. And then in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 15, 
every man, every man individually in his own order is talking about being raised. So if you're saved, you have a resurrection time set aside. You'll either go one of two ways. You'll either go by the rapture of the church, and I, I, it, it bothers me that more, well, only a few pastors now preach the rapture of the church. And when they do, they preach it as a mid-trip uh, rapture or a post-trip rapture. There's been learned men that had had a great ministry, but they said that you have to go through the tribulation. No, you do not. God is going to take out his church, which means a pre-tribulation rapture concept, we believe, and we teach, and the Bible teaches it. And uh, I don't want to go through the wrath of God that's going to be there in in for seven years. And any, I think any rational sane person would want to go through that tremendous time of evil and darkness and physical and mental pain either. So every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, in other words, he led the way. Afterwards, that means coming after Christ, they that are Christ at his coming, the ones who belong, belong to Christ at his coming. So when he comes back again, the redeemed ones are going to be in heaven with him, be coming back with him, and then the ones on earth are going to be changed into their glorified body at his coming, by his coming, the second coming of Christ. Revelation 20, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. They shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. You are now a working priest of Christ, and after Jesus Christ comes, you're still going to be a working priest for Christ, and you shall reign with him a thousand years. You're reigning in a pseudo position now as a king. You're now prophet, priest, and king. And you, you, you should be reigning in, in kingly authority now. And if you don't know that, then you can look at some of our teachings at Rafa and you can find out how to attain the functionality in that. And you're going to reign with him a thousand years. That means the millennial reign. We're going to be in positions of reigning with him in various functions, functionings in that thousand years. And of course, after that, then, uh, as a, a redeemed Christian, your future after the thousand years we go into the endless age, it's going to be a future of one of eternal joy and harmony and fellowship with the redeemed of the ages. And you'll be doing a love labor for Christ, serving as an emissary and a politician head of, of an organization or a ministry or, or, uh, a political endeavor or a labor position in uh, in a marketplace situation. Israel's Passover lamb was a precursor and a form to Jesus's crucifixion on the stake. When you look at the way that they uh, did the Paschal lamb, they took out the innards and then they put it on a, a stake spread with its, with its feet apart and its legs apart. Just as Jesus, just as Jesus was put on the, on the stake and spread apart and he, his innards were 
were damaged. So the Paschal Lamb in the Old Testament was just a form of what Jesus was going to do. And all of the millions of lambs and bullocks and goats and things, quail and turtle doves that were sacrificed were just a precursor to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. As we close this Bible Answer Man teaching, I want to give you something to think about that is a, is a wonderful piece of revelation about the rising and the raising up of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why it was necessary for him to be crucified and resurrected and how that came into being. Who was involved in it? Listen to this. This will bless you as we come to a close. In Romans chapter 6, it says there that God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's very clear. Yet, in John chapter 2, God, Jesus Christ himself, says that he will raise himself from the dead. Ah. And yet, in Romans chapter 8, God, the Holy Spirit, he says that he raised Jesus from the dead. And yet, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that God alone raised Christ from the dead. So the Father raised Christ. Jesus Christ, God, raised himself. God, the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus. And then it says that God, singular, yet a Hebrew plural, raised Christ from the dead. I hope you've enjoyed this Bible Answer Man teaching. If you will listen to it a number of times, I think you'll hear things. And then use it as a research tool. Go back and look in the Old Covenant. Because the more you grasp this thinking, as you read the Bible, you'll find Christ performance. You'll find Christ promised. You'll find the raising of Christ promised. And in the New Covenant, you're going to find it in actual form delivered. Glad to have you with us. Hope this teaching will be, be a blessing to you. Go research at my, my other ministries in this and Lee West Ministries on the YouTube, Lee West Ministries. I think there's a couple of other Lee West Ministries out there, but you can find us. Go to our website, Rafa Ministries World. You'll find other things there uh, that will be of interest to you. Again, that's Rafa Ministries World. Till we meet again, Lord bless you.